Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Live Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley, and with me today is Bob Doyle. Bob is an author. He was in The Secret. He's a Live Attraction expert, and he's actually is moving beyond traditional law of attraction practices, which are all well and good, to look at things more like neuroplasticity and how we shape our beliefs and how we're being in the moment determines what's coming to us. So Bob, welcome, thank you for being here. It is my pleasure. Awesome. So we were talking a little bit before we started about this idea of neuroplasticity, what's that? Yeah, basically that just describes our ability to change our brain. That's the simple definition. That's all you really need to know. Okay, so our brain is wired a certain way. How is that wiring completed at birth, through experiences? Yeah, so so when we're born, we're just wide open. Our brain is basically saying yes to everything, right? We don't know about discernment. We don't know about evaluating whether or not this piece of information is in our highest interest, right? So we're just saying yes, yes, yes. And we're taking on then the beliefs and the will of, of the people in our environment, our parents and our teachers, society, all of it. And we're just saying yes, and our and neural pathways are being created in our brain. And that creates this lens through which we see the world. It literally defines our truth with the emphasis on our truth, not your neighbor's truth or the, you know anybody else. It's yours and it's unique to you based on how you have been you know, programmed. It's it's a, it's kind of an old analogy to say programmed, but it's I don't know how else to better define what we're doing here. We are literally sitting in information. Our brain is saying yes. It's getting stored on this hard drive, and we're operating in that. And we've been doing it for years on autopilot. Right. So we're so operating it's, it's, as if it's real, as if these limiting beliefs are true. And so what Joshua teaches us is that limiting beliefs are not, or any beliefs are neither true or false. They're either limiting or empowering. And so if you can change that set of beliefs from limiting to more empowering, you'll change your vibration, change your reality. It all comes from that. Right. And what's interesting about that is that belief, you changing that belief from limited to empowering doesn't necessarily change anything out there about the situation. It's all about how you perceive it. What reality are you going to construct? What meaning are you going to make out of this? And, and that's what determines it. Yeah, that was exactly Joshua's first book, which is called A Perception of Reality. So you have this perception of reality that you think is universal, that everyone is experiencing the world exactly the way you are, and that it's fixed, that it cannot be changed. Well, what we come to find out is it's a unique perception of reality that nobody else has, no one ever will have, no one ever has have. This actually proves your worthiness because you have come here to explore your reality based in this perception of reality that you've adopted. Now, most people don't even think about this. They all think we're all seeing the same thing. The sky is blue, the trees are green, but you don't know what everyone else is seeing. And you certainly don't know what everyone else is believing. So those beliefs and that, that perception of reality is yours alone is unique to you. Now, can you alter that perception of reality to make it more empowering? Of course, you just have to, again, it's it's now you're being intentional about something that's been being done on autopilot. So you're going to feel the discomfort of it a little bit more. You know, we've eased in through all of this stuff that we've learned. But if you remember everything we've learned 
riding a bike, learning a language, anything involves a little bit of discomfort as we grow new wiring and we just get into it. But somehow when it comes to like personal development or the law of attraction, we just want it to be easy because the secret yeah. said, you know, and, and so, so we just, we, we, we put aside all kind of logic about how our brain really works and how we learn. So just like we learn a new language, now we're just going to learn a new way of being. But first we have to define, well, what is that? Like if we want to learn a new language, we decide what language we want to learn and we probably have a good reason for learning it. Same thing with who are we going to be? How, I want to redefine myself. I want to rewire my brain in this way, not for a new language, but for a new way of responding to my environment so I can take different action and get different results. So what is that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So what choices then do people have when they're thinking about who they want to be? Well, I mean, I, th I think it's infinite. I mean, when you're, maybe I'm not understanding the question, but what choices it's like, you know, I feel, I truly believe, and I'll bet you, you feel the same way that we are, that we have these inspirations, our, our, our passions and our inspirations, the things that inspire us are also unique and they're, they're somewhat divine. And so if we, you know, if we have a pull to feel something, be something, affect some sort of change, whatever, I think that that's a good indication. Having said all that, I think people spend a way too much time chasing who they're supposed right. to be. That was my like, point what, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, no, 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 you get to choose. Yeah. You get to choose, it's not, but, but oh my God, I don't know my purpose, I don't know my, boy, are you overthinking this? And yes. that's that I think is the result of the personal development industry. And, and their languaging and, and how they say, this is how you gotta do it. And they, people just get so freaking in their head. And that's well, why I just. It's because everyone wants more money. So if you can tell people that you'll be you'll have more money as a result of this, well, that that'll attract a certain you know large group of people. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I, so it's all designed to that. We're going to get you to figure out ways to make more money. But it's really about what your passions are. Now, the, what we've learned is that your passions and interests are part of your pre-birth intentions, and so whatever they are for you, they're for you. But other people may not see those passions and interests as worthy but whatever lights you up. So a lot of times what happens is people have a passion for this or that or the other thing, but they compare it to what society says it's good or bad. And they say, well, I'm going to suppress this passion because what will people think? I'm a, I was a professional poker player for years and I just loved it. It was like such an obvious passion. And the experiences that I had during that seven year period were unbelievable. It was really perfect looking back, but I play with guys who could not tell their family that that's what they were doing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Gambler. That's bad. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically about understanding what turns you on and finding Yeah, and going things. for that. I think that you and I are also in agreement that because you alluded to it before, and it's a big distinction I got after rereading the science of getting rich a couple of years ago. Uh, but that basically, you know, this whole issue of deserving and worthiness and having to earn it is just such nonsense. The fact that we are manifest in this form is enough to tell us that we are here to experience the universe. We are how the universe experiences itself in this physical. Of course, it wants the best. And we've been built with this reality creation machine called our brain. We're infused with this unique passion and the ability to go for it. Yeah. Right. And a brain that is seemingly infinitely capable of wiring. You know, you, you can see people just who do extraordinary things and you think to yourself, I could never do that. It's, it's totally not true. You absolutely could. They just put different messages in their brain than you, but your brain is ready to receive new messages. It may not be quite as fluid as when you were first born, but you can still do it. And if you don't believe me, just, just learn any new thing, buy a new thing that you don't know how to use, read the instruction book, learn how to use it. Guess what? You've changed your brain. So there's no, 
here's what I love about this conversation around neuroplasticity, as opposed to the years I spent trying to explain the law of attraction to people, is it's like there's just no debate. It's so the science is so clear, you can prove it in four seconds that you can change your brain, right? So if you can change your brain, let's just change it intentionally. That's where people go. That's where doubt comes in. Well, can I? And then it's just our job to say, well, are you a human being? Then yes, of course. So let's, but we have to get them excited about who do they want to be and really understanding that this is so much more about becoming someone rather than manifesting the stuff out there. I think one of the main problems that people run into is they are trying to decide what their vision is and what they want to manifest from this disempowered place. Yeah. Like who they're being is not the person they want to be to, to call in the future that they want. Well, that's what we call the limited perspective. So whenever you're Mm -hmm. making decisions from who you are now, you'll always have fear going into an expanded version of you because that expanded version of you doesn't have the same limiting beliefs that you have. And the way you get to that version of you is by taking the action and doing what you're inspired to do or, or being who you are. So one thing that I did was I said, I'm going to express more love. And that is like fundamentally aligned with who I truly am and who we all truly are. So if I can express more love, well, why, why wasn't I expressing love before? Well, I was afraid of rejection. You know, Mm -hmm. how can I, I'm just, you know, from now on hugging everyone, I'm signing my emails, love Gary, which is pushing past fear. It's uncomfortable to do that, but I'm not saying sincerely or respectfully or any of those things anymore. I'm saying love Gary. I'm adding as much love as I can into my reality. Mm -hmm. And it's not just love. It's also acceptance. So, you know, I'm, I'm rethinking what I think is wrong or bad. I'm rethinking this whole, well, this whole, what we're calling now is this fallacy or uh, fraudulent uh, perpetuation of the idea of imperfection. So if, if anyone wants you to do anything, they're going to call you imperfect. And so if you're going to be in the self-development field, you have to deal with everyone as if they're imperfect. Well, the truth is we're all perfect as we are now. We all have everything we need for today. We're all making our way from fear to love. We're all on this journey of self-discovery and we're perfect where we are you know, love is perfect. We are essentially beings of love. And the perception is that we're imperfect. And so from that limited perspective, we seek improvement, but then we're always chasing the carrot at the end of the stick because, mm-hmm. because we can't improve perfection, but what we can do is expand to new levels of awareness and clarity and confidence and all that and more love. And that's what I think this is all about. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say expand. I will say evolve. I'll say th- those types of words, because again, it getting back to the fact that we are an extension of the universe, it is, it is in our nature to expand. And, and that's what the universe is doing all the time. So if we, through the force of our will and limited thinking, uh, inhibit our own expansion through our whatever, that's when we feel it. That's when the stress, the worry, the disease, the illness, the anger, the rage, all of those things, I can't be me. I can't be me, which is not true, but the, but the wiring has made that true for that person. Right. Okay. So what do you think is the first step in creating more neuroplasticity? 
Well, I, so I walk people through a process that I have them do every single day, but, but the very first foundational thing is learning to become aware of your autopilot wiring, right. it's like becoming aware. So whenever I usher anybody into the work that I do, I start them with this, I call it the transformation personality type quiz. I completely made it up. I made up the categories, but it's based on 20 years of solid observation. And it basically just, there's these types of people who approach personal transformation and that there's nothing wrong with these types, but there are aspects of them that tend to make them stop, right? It's behavior that makes them quit or go on to the next thing or just whatever, stop. So if you know what your type is, that's why I start them with the quiz, then that helps them to be alert for their response because that's the first step. You have to be able to know when you're in autopilot mode. So really the first essential skill set I'm teaching them is to get into awareness mode, like to become fully present. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this long, like, okay, now take 20 deep breaths and all this other stuff, although I'm a huge fan of breathing. Um, but it's just like noticing the upset when it comes, noticing when that disempowered feeling comes and getting and, and knowing, being in this conversation enough to know that this is not the truth. This is just my wiring. How would I like to respond in this moment that is different than how I normally do that gets the results that I always get? Now, part of the, our process is you know that ahead of time because you start your day with sort of a visualization of what your day might look like ahead. Who do you want to be in the situation? And then you end your day with, hey, I could have done better. You know, I could have been more congruent with who I want to be in this situation and then run it, run it. It's all rehearsing. It's like getting it's classic stuff about, you know, just rehearsing mentally, giving you a similar result of doing it in real life. So if you rehearse with full feeling that you have been this way rather than the old way and sort of seen it and felt it in your being, you, you can actually start the rewiring process right there so that the next time it happens out there in real waking reality, you've rehearsed this, you've totally got this, you know who to be, how to be, how it's gonna feel, even with options. And that's the beauty of our imagination. We get to do that. We get to rehearse all the scenarios. And most of us don't. We spend our idle time worrying about crap instead of creating something that we'd really like. Well, that's using your imagination in worry is using it, using it in a limited way rather than yeah. using it in to imagine the best that could happen. In Correct. And we have that choice. Isn't it amazing how we go to the negative? That's how we've been programmed. Like that's the responsible thing. You got to solve the problem. You can't just live your, you know, you get your head out of the clouds. Like I, I, I was absolutely raised that way. That was a huge thing for me years. My life got so much easier when I became, when I focused more on the rewiring aspect of this, trying to, to, to manifest a change of being or whatever. It was just like real direct because I absolutely had all those uh, propensities to go negative. Even in the work that I do, it was just like, that was my wiring. It would always have to be something I would have to get my first automatic no and then move past it. Mm. And I thought that I would never be free from that. Like I would always have to do that stumble and I've made tremendous progress. And now I don't do those negative you know, avalanches anymore. And I absolutely, like if you had asked me three years ago, I would have said, that's just how I'm wired. It's going to happen. Wow. And now it's like, <laughs> I'm free from it. And it's just by just creating, like refusing to indulge in the negative yeah. thinking. Yeah. It's just like you, there's no one is served by that. And you don't have the luxury of that. And, and I'll just say this one last thing, but, but it's because the whole law of attraction conversation, people are so scared of having a negative thought. Oh my God, I'm going to attract it. Oh, if only it were that easy. Right. But I mean, obviously, if you dwell in it, that, that negative thoughts are somehow a bad thing. Well, you know, 
we're all, we're created with this whole spectrum. There's no mistakes here. Yes. There's, there's information in those feelings, but it's never really appropriate to sit in them and dwell on them. It causes disease. It doesn't feel good. Everything in the universe is telling you, no, no, you don't want to stay here. Use this to make an adjustment. Right. That's it. You know? And, and as soon as you act differently, the universe responds differently. It has to, right? That's the thing. It's not magic. It's logic. If you talk to your friends the same way every day and they know you that way, and then the next day you have a completely different conversation around empowerment and what's possible, of course, they're going, they're not going to respond the same way. Yeah. They're going to, they, and it may be like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, whatever the reaction is, but you are creating change. And the more that you stay, the more that you stay consistent, the universe will continue all the people, it's just logical. It will continue to respond differently and then your reality will change. Yes, what we've noticed is that you start changing different, the universe is aware of this, and then tests you a little bit. Are you really changing? Are you just giving it lip service? Are you really changing it? You get a couple of tests and you, you act the same empowered way. So when your friends say, Bob, what are you talking about? This is crazy talk. And you don't fall back into fear and worry about the rejection, but you stand firm in what you believe and what your passion's about and stay on the new course, then those friends will eventually come along with you and the universe will, will cause. Or they won't. And, and new friends will come along. Exactly. I mean, to me, right. it's, it's the, because people get so attached to how do I make them whatever. Right. Agree right. with me, follow me. You can't, you just be you and hope that you inspire. It may be that they have served their purpose in your life. That's right. one of the hardest things about this is like yeah. people want to hang on, even if it doesn't serve them right. for, for whatever reasons. And a lot of those reasons were learned too. Like we learned in movies. Oh, it's sad if these relationships evolve. No, not necessarily if that's your belief system, yeah. but if this relationship is clearly keeping you in a limited space, you have to make a decision. What's more important? Who are you going to live your life? Or are you going to live a life that makes this person more comfortable? Right. But still, no one's living their dream. Yes. And you're not doing those people any service anyway. No. Because if you're not pursuing your dream and you're not being the example of alignment, they're not going to see a change. They're not going to see any other possibility. They may not want to come along. They may still be in fear. But at least you're being this beacon of, of light that others can follow. You're the only opportunity for them to even make the choice to change. Right. You can't just say, come on, come on, let's do it. And then not do it. You have to show them what's possible. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing with like, like kids. I used to get asked all the time, you know, how do we, like when the secret first came out, how do we teach our kids this? You know, it's like, well, you have to live it, you know, live it. So putting them down in front of the secret isn't going to be enough, but you got to show them that this is something that you believe. Now, having said all that, now it's 15 years later. Now I'm getting interviewed by people who are telling me, oh, I was a kid when I saw the secret. Thanks. Thanks for the aging of me. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, like I grew up on the secret and then I'm seeing the result. And these are some of these kids are just freaking extraordinary. I mean, they got their hosting podcasts and interviewing people and, and they're just so conscious and aware. And they, you can tell that these principles are just how they are wired. It's not something they're having to learn later as an adult and the smiles on their face and their positive energy and what they're accomplishing says it all. Amazing. Um, wh where does meditation fit into this for you? Uh, huge. Well, I consider those evening and morning sessions sort of meditations. As I mentioned, also, I'm a huge fan of breath work. I like to incorporate breath work meditation 
every day. It helps with neurogenesis. It helps with neuroplasticity. It helps for, with everything. It helps quiet the mind. I'm a huge fan of meditation. I think it's absolutely essential. And it's, you know, and I'm also one of these people who just really wants to stress to people that, it, that you're not failing meditation if you have thoughts going. You know, it's not, that's not necessarily what the goal is. You can achieve that with certain techniques or whatever, but your brain thinks that's what its job is. So you just have to let it go and observe and see if there's any lessons for you there or whatever, but not attach. So I think it's, it's, it's absolutely critical because just like if you work your body in the gym hard with a lot of work, you must recover. And the brain is the same way. You cannot just keep going and keep going and not give your brain a chance to rejuvenate, you know, proper sleep, meditation, all those things, and expect for you to function properly, make good choices, to be able to make the right call in those situations when you're upset. You know, you're going to be in a weakened state, way more susceptible to your old wiring, and you're just going to feel stuck. Yeah. I uh, took me a little while to get good at get used to meditation, lots of thoughts, then um, I was able to let them come, let them go, observe them, realize which thoughts were based in fear, which were based in love. And, and then was, um, you know, getting more and more thoughts based in love, which were fun ideas and interesting, you know, concepts that were coming. I was trying to move those away for the longest time. Mm. And then I realized, no, that's the purpose here. <laughs> I'm the opening up to the chance to this, to this yeah, new source of information coming in. Don't get let that go. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. What if all of those thoughts are there for a freaking reason and right. you're trying to push them away? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just allowing. That's that's really. But again, we've been the personal development industry over the course of time has gotten people to think these kind of strange beliefs about like what meditation is, how the law of attraction works and all these things. So it's no wonder there's so much confusion and disillusionment. I mean, I, I saw it coming right after The Secret came out because I saw what happened in the marketplace because suddenly everybody was an expert then. Right. And here's your three-step process. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Nope. And it didn't. And so everybody says, ah, it was just a scam, all those people. And Yep. Yep. Um, so what happened to me was in 2008, I was had a huge real estate company, lost everything, went from a multimillionaire uh -huh. back to square one. So then uh, our good friend, Deborah Joe gave us the secret and we got so into it. We didn't have a CD player in our house. So we just drove around in a car and listened to it over and over. One of these great road trips over and over. And then we were looking for something else and we found asking it is given a mm -hmm. Hicks in our own library. We owned it, but hadn't really <laughs> had listened to it before, but never sunk in. So now this sinks in. So then we go to a lot of law of attraction, uh, Abraham workshops. And I, I'm like, I'm using this law of attraction stuff to get my money back. Then I get stuck, right? <clears throat> then I start meditating and Joshua comes through and we, and over the years realize law of attraction is something you cannot use. It is just a law. You cannot yes. use anything because that's force trying to make something happen and that cannot work, right? You'll, it, it sounds ridiculous, but this is all about allowing it to happen or accepting what is happening now and then and then being in that moment who you want to be. Yeah, that, that whole thing about turn activating the law of attraction, right. make the law of attraction work for you. And I mean, there's people who are like my friends who market like that. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just like it's it's such it it just gets it just sets everybody up for failure. Yeah. And then you have to demystify everything. And it's just, you know, 
Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure your <laughs> listeners do too. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more to this. It's, it's so much deeper than your casual glance. And yeah. like you and me, I went years thinking it was one thing to realizing what it is now. Yeah. So how does fear play into people's, you know, wiring? Well, obviously it's, it's a paralysis. It's, it par paralyzes most people uh, in, in the big things. But again, it's fear is sub what are we scared of is all wired and subjective. You and I aren't scared of the same things. I mean, it's just, so there's no truth to it. It's just like, if you, if you have a fear and, and you realize that it's wired and you can create enough desire, enough inspiration or whatever to see what would be possible if you could let go of that fear. Like what is, like for some, all these things, they serve us in some strange way. They keep us from getting bit by a spider or whatever it is, you know, so we, they serve these purposes. But if we can, if we can go past that, extrapolate a little bit more, like what's possible if I could let go of this story about this fear? What just, what would be possible? And that's when you envision that version of you who's kicked its ass, whatever that thing is. And it's just like, they're not affected by that anymore. So it's from a safe place of the present right now, you can just imagine that, yeah. you know, uh, what would it be like to be without that fear, or at least to, to not be paralyzed by the fear? Because I think, you know, well, there's some schools of thought that the fear is going to show up anyway, and then it's just a matter of whether or not you do it. But, but I still think you can transmute that feeling of what fear is into something that can actually move you into action. It can, it can be a motivator. Well, we know that's true because there's lots of reports of people who have done extraordinary things in the face of fear, such oh, yeah. as mothers picking up cars off their children. Um, they push past that fear of it being impossible or failing. They just did it. Um, and when your desire is strong enough, you will push past that fear. Um, I did a lot of things in my business career. Like for me, my, my number one fear is rejection. So as a child, we moved around a lot and I had to assimilate very quickly into schools. And the best way to do that was just to be as average as anyone, hmm. right? So I would carefully, you know, monitor what I'm wearing to make sure it matches what all the other guys are wearing and don't stand out and have the same haircut and do the same things and like the same sports and all this stuff that I really wasn't interested in. So right. my fear of rejection played out through my life. So in business, I had to push past the fear to get new accounts and to do these things. Um, and I was able to do it because my desire was so strong. I was, I was had to be successful. Because successful then to me proved my worthiness, which of course is a fallacy. So I had to go through this whole life of doing that. Then I got to this point where I was miserable doing all that. Even though I was pushing past fear, I was trying to get what I thought I wanted, which now I realized I was doing from this limited perspective that I believed I was not worthy until I proved my worthiness through being successful. And of course, once I did and became very successful and had all the bullshit around that, I never felt successful. I still felt like I had to keep going, keep going. It's still not enough. And that's cycle you'll see in, all around you. So then Joshua comes and now Joshua's here and I'm a channel. So for me, the weirdest thing on earth was to be a channel. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anyone about it. I literally had to come out. I had written by this time four books before I even told my brother and sister-in-law, you know, I, I showed up on their door with these four books into this five years later. And, and then I didn't even post anything about Joshua on my 
personal Facebook page that has all my high school friends on it and stuff because yeah. I had this fear of being weird or of rejection. Everything that I truly want, truly want, not the things I think I want, but what I truly want came to me once I pushed past that fear of rejection and started being me. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. It took a while to get there. But looking back, it was, you know, everything happened perfectly. And I was just in fear much of the time of being, you know, we would go on these Joshua cruises through, you know, maybe 60, 100 people would come on these cruises to see me channel Joshua. And we'd be out on excursions with our friends and the friends were going like, do you know who that is? That's Gary Temple Bodley. He channels. I'm like, don't tell anyone. You know, this is, it's too weird for them, right? That same ridiculous fear of rejection. So I think that, you know, you have these fears. Now, here's what happens. What happens if your desire is not strong enough that you can't push past that fear? So a lot of it is about, well, make that desire stronger or just realize that fear is irrational to begin with and just do the thing you're inspired to do right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and, and you know, unless, unless maybe it is, maybe you need to think bigger or something. I mean, maybe, maybe you have pushed a little bit and now you just need to grow that vision, inspire yourself a little bit more. I, I got a question just recently about that and it does happen. It's that, you know, you've got the vision, you've got the vision. And as you get closer to it, you, it, it loses the juice a little bit. And that could be a few reasons. It could be resistance and the limited thinking like, oh no, you don't really want that. But it also could be that you've just expanded your comfort zone and you're actually going to dare to dream bigger. Yeah. Like that, that wasn't quite, quite challenging or inspiring enough. I mean, it got you started, but now like it, that it's, but that it's okay that your vision changes and evolves and stuff like that. I think that's important for people to know too, because they, once people make their vision board, well, no, that's it. Yeah. You know, no, you look at that vision board and, and uh, my partner Tracy's vision board's right there. And a lot of it is houses and cars and boats and money and stuff like that. On hers, there's a lot of it of relationships and friendships and experiences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when, when we all get caught up in what society thinks is good, like a lot of money, a house on the beach, boats, all that stuff. I got all that stuff and it was never satisfying. It was always actually more of a problem. You know, we have this house over here. How come we're not going to see it? We have this boat. How come we're not on the boat? You know, all these things, right? Uh, amen. Like, with we the boat. don't want to do that. What we want right. is these things <laughs> that resonate with who we truly are, which are connection to other people, mm. service to others, or something bigger than ourselves, you know, satisfying work. Not you mentioned in, in your bio here that I read that you had this job where you were making money, but it was slavery. And it was I just really soul sucking. Think, yeah. I really it, it just, think that, I mean, it just didn't, it, there was nothing, nothing there yeah. through which I could express any part of who I was. It start, didn't start that way, but it became that. And so many people are in these jobs just to get the money, but it's really no different than slavery. It really, if you think of it in those terms, if you're exchanging time for money, doing something that has no, no satisfaction, isn't resonating with who you truly are, you're you know, off there exploring the inauthentic version of you. So all of this is about exploring the authentic version of you. Right. And having the guts to do that. And that's, you know, in my case, it's, I've always, my pattern seems to be, and it's not anything I recommend, but it just seems to be the way that it's just, my path has always been get pushed to the very last limit, list the very until you just, and then do the thing. I mean, and that's, that's, but whatever, that's just, that way, I guess I can say I've experienced a lot, but 
But you know, I, I'm, I'm, I am all on board for rewiring that pattern. Now that so, I'm aware of it. What do you mean push to the limit? Like give, it, give us an example. Like wait till things get to rock bottom or things <laughs> like get so, so painful that I just like, then then I'll take some big action and uh -huh. you know, whatever. It's like, like I, I should have quit that job, my last job. I stayed in there for like years longer than I needed to. And, and honestly, the same thing was kind of true of my marriage too. It was like, yeah. it was just like, just didn't, it was this fear of what's going to happen if I do what in my heart, I know I need to do, but I don't know what it looks like on the other side. The problem with that, and this is another thing that is a, is a typical law of attraction blunder, if you will, is that people are so focused, again, it's typical, they just want to manifest away this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but but not like the, they're so focused on the preparing for the worst case scenario that they're not preparing for the best case scenario. Right. So in my case, it was like, well, I knew I wanted... I knew I wanted something on the other side, but the vision was sort of vague. So it was like, I was more like, I just don't like this. I just want to get out of this and then I'll figure it out. But there was yeah. nothing really pulling me through, you know, it was like the, the, the comfort or the familiarity of the discomfortable, uncomfortable situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but finally I reached my, oh, I can't stand this another minute. And then that's when I took action. Now I would like to think that I would not let myself get to that and just be very clear. No, this, I, I know this red flag, if you will, this emotional red flag. There's there's no need to go down this road. I'm going to adjust my behavior starting right now, whatever that is. A lot of times we look at things like that, and a good example is being in a relationship that is, um, you know, uh, toxic, for instance. Yeah. And people will not want to get out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, one, they're sort of comfortable with how they're being treated because they're fundamentally feeling un unworthy. And so it feels natural that people will not treat you well if you don't love yourself and don't feel worthy of love. And so as soon as people get to feeling more worthy, then it becomes obvious to them that this is a toxic relationship and that they can yep. get out. And what I'd say is, you know, would Michelle Obama be in that relationship? Of course not. She sees her worth in the relationship or sees your worth in the job or sees your worth in, in whatever it is. And so a lot of it is understanding that worthiness part of it. But from that perspective of that old wiring, you believe what you believe, which is not true. Yes. Yeah. Right. But the worthiness is huge. I mean, worthiness slash confidence or whatever, just really owning who you are. I mean, that's Michelle Obama, a good example there. You just look at people who have a strength about them. Like I, I, I talk a lot about having a quiet confidence and how powerful that is, as opposed to just this wordy, wordy, let me explain my position to you. Why am I right? As opposed to just like, yeah, I hear you. Like that's much more foreboding and powerful when a person just stands like, look, I'm, I'm done arguing this with you. I've stated my that's yeah. it. This, if I, if every word I say after this weakens my position. Yeah. And when you're around a person like that and you see them on a stage, this is like a, a big, because, you know, I'm in the speaking world to some degree, obviously. And so I see a whole wide range of speakers and their messages are fine, but, and they may hold themselves like do all the right things, but it's that confidence that you, it's just clear. It's not there yet. They're covering it up with grandiose things and a big story and all this. And it's, but but and then you find somebody else who doesn't need to do all that they can just stand there and look you in the eye and say what they need to say and boom right that's confidence yeah well that's the perception of oneself where you have two possibilities of walking on stage you know i hope that they like what i have to say or 
how lucky these people are to be here to hear what I have to say, you know? <laughs> and the one that says that, that I am doing you a service, a service to the highest good of, of all by being here and pushing past my fear to get on the stage and to say what I've learned compared to someone who's I'm doing it to get people to follow me and to, to, uh, you know, improve my career. I was in West Palm Beach the other day and we're leaving the hotel in the morning. We have a conversation with this woman who's going to giving this huge presentation to thousands of people in the wedding industry. They're all wedding planners. And she's like, you know, she's sort of flustered about what she's going to say, even though she's prepared something. I said, well, oh, she said, we ha I'm, I'm going to give a speech to all these people in the wedding planning industry who don't want to be there. You know? <laughs> and I said, well, start with that. Start with saying, if you're in this business, you're going to be here 20 years from now. If your focus is how do I make that experience the best for them and have, and you do whatever it needs to do to do that happen, rather than the person says, how am I going to get them to like what I've done for them? Right. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, that's amazing. My whole thing was speaking and, and delivering my message in general. I had to, I had to go to, I just have to have fun. Like I really just have to be like, because I'm a, I, I'm a live streamer. So live stream changed my whole energy around teaching. It became so much more of a legit authentic conversation, no scripts, right. no, none of that stuff. And just like really connecting with people, not just one way stuff. And so when I speak that I still want that same vibe, you know, I still want that, that sort of, Hey, I'm here with you. I've got my message. I'm going to give it to you, but it's not going to be the same way I did it to this, this group or this group or this group. I mean, that, that varies. Some days I feel in the flow or, and some days it's like, oh, just do the thing, <laughs> you know, but for the most part, I like to just kind of feel and, and just be with them. Well, that's like and so, so then it's fun. Then it's just fun. Yeah. I don't feel like so much onus, like the like taking responsibility for their transformation is the worst. No, no, you can't. Right. It's not, totally up to them. You've got to get this, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think a beginning speakers definitely want that. They want Well, you because to get... then they can show results and yeah. everyone's so result oriented. But as you're talking about speaking, what you're doing rather than reading a script or doing a, a well-rehearsed presentation is your being authentic. Right. Because that's how I enjoy doing it because I'm not a, I never set out to be like a speaker speaker. Yeah. I set out, well, originally, as I told you before we started, I was going to go into broadcasting. I could just hide from people behind a microphone my whole life and I didn't have to deal with anybody. Yeah. Then the secret happened and you know, I had done everything I'd done in this conversation with law of attraction, totally online, one way, no people involved. And then the secret except for email, but then the secret happened. And then, you know, you get invited out to speak and you're like, what are you going to say? No. Yeah. So, so it's like, I did that. And I realized, Oh, I, I do like this, but it took me a minute to find like my real self because I absolutely went through this sort of identity crisis post secret because I felt like here I am this ex broadcaster DJ thinks he's funny guy. Now I'm up there with Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, Marcy Scheimal, all these people who have been in the industry for decades. And I'm like, I just started a few years ago. I don't know how I'm here. No, I did know how I was here. I did know how I was there. I was a very definite voice in that film, but it was like, who, who am I supposed to be? I just watched The Secret maybe three months ago, and I was expecting it to be, you know, just a bunch of fluff. But I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, there's some real stuff here that these guys got. This thing was amazing. 
because it really lit me up and lit up so many people that I know now. And, you know, it's just, it was this phenomenon and it just came at the beginning of all this. And so mm -hmm. looking back years later and going, this couldn't have been anything. And then it's like, oh my God, it was just, it has so much stuff in there. Well, and I never would have thought we'd still be talking about it. Yeah. Right. And I've been, and I've been involved in, you know, a handful of other sort of secret like productions yeah. and some of us have, have assembled, but nothing, nothing caught like the secret did. Yeah. And then of course, if you're just trying to duplicate the same kind of idea, it's just not going to, you'd have to do something ridiculously extraordinary to, and, and so it just feels like, even though I've been involved with those pro projects, it does feel like something of, of a rehash to some degree, or people are just numb to it. The whole personal development film phenomenon is interesting. The secret and what the bleep, they both did amazing things. They were yeah. like nothing, nothing has been, although I, although I'll say this, just as an aside, we watched what the bleep again recently. And to me, it didn't, it didn't technically production wise, it didn't hold the, the concepts though are great. Like the yeah. people who are in there and the ideas, but I, I just, I think we've realized we just don't need a story. I don't need a story. Just give me the, the facts. Well, <laughs> it was, you know, it's a great, thing to whet people's appetites to uh -huh. give them some awareness that there is a different way of looking at life than yeah. what you were taught. And I think a lot of people now are coming more and more and more. I'm seeing it through what, what we're doing. Um, I went to an Abraham event in Amsterdam and it was a, there were thousands of people there in this, in this thing for two days. And it was amazing. Wow. And there were people, listening to the sides of the building because they couldn't get in, you know, Jeez. <laughs> it's growing, especially it last. I mean, of course, America's big, California's big, but, uh, France, uh, our books, you know, are some of all the stuff we do is translated into French, but the Northern Europe area, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, it's really amazing how it's, it's we first, um, Abraham I ever went to in 2000 and maybe 10, um, there was one person out of, the US there, she was from England. And she said, if I ever went back and told my friends what I'm doing here, they would laugh me out of the country. And now yeah. England and UK is like gigantic. Yeah, it's amazing. I only, I actually only saw Abraham once live in Atlanta, just as I was just starting this stuff. And I've read asking as given, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really a bad colleague. I don't really get into a bunch of my, I mean, even Abraham, it's like, I've been, I've, I've ingested enough where I'm like, yes, this is a great message, but I don't need to hear it all day, every day with all the quotes and the thing, you know, it's just yeah. like, but that's yeah. just me. I, yeah. Because honestly, I am in the personal development industry and I'm a nice person, but I'm not soft and squishy and, and I'm not like, um, Good, you know, and, 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 and also, and I think of all woo woo as science. I mean, it's just like, I like, I, I embrace the woo woo, but the problem was if you call it woo woo, if it's classified as woo woo, then a bunch of people who could really benefit from this will never listen. I'm exactly the same way. I hate rainbows and unicorns. I hate talking about anything that can't be proven. I want yes. only to talk about stuff that's actually going to help now in this life. You know, that's right. I mean, I'll bring in, you know, Joshua will bring in information about the non-physical and stuff only because it helps here to have some a little bit more depth of knowledge to see how it all fits in. But yeah, yeah. I like practical stuff and I'm, I'm mean sometimes, I'm a hard ass sometimes, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, just sit there and cuddle you. You need to do the work. 
<laughs> yeah, it's that's that's what I and when I own that as a coach too, you know, it's just like stop being so freaking nice and coach people. There's you a know, lot of nice seriously. people. Yeah, you can find the nice people anywhere. Right. And 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 really it's and that's been an evolution too, you know. It's just kind of the journey in this industry, the people, the different types of people I've attracted over the course as I have changed and evolved and what I'm what I get clear on like who I want to work with and what result. Cuz I can attract a lot of people with hardly any money who love the law of attraction and post their inspirational quotes every day and love to listen and listen and listen and say, oh my God, that's so great. Heart, 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 but not take any action to rewire themselves. And 20 years later, they're still loving the law of attraction and posting Abraham quotes, but their life is the same. Yeah. I, you know, I know it's coming. That's what I, you know, type yes to affirm. I'm like, what are you doing besides posting? Yes. On Facebook, you know, it's, 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 um, and I don't, again, I don't mean to like be, like, I want to ride that line. I, I'm not worried about not offending people anymore. Like, I, I know at some point I have to be, I, there has to be a line. For the longest time, I was just trying to be way too generic and it just wasn't any fun. It's like, no, no, this is, this is my freaking message. You yeah. know, there's the law of attraction is a thing. It's not a tool. Right. It's there. And if you, if you stop putting your attention on why it's not working for you and instead decide who you want to be, you're going to see the magic of it happen and you're not going to have had to do anything you know, about it. The magic boils down to feeling comfortable and good in your body, feeling good when you walk into a room, feeling good about what you are doing in life. No matter what it is, no matter what the external manifestations could be, you have to, above all, feel good and nobody feels good. Everyone is worried, everyone's tense, everyone's stressed out, everyone is doing this and that, trying to manifest things they think will, will make them feel good, and mm -hmm. they never do. The idea is you have to get into this completely new way of living where you approach life as if you're the creator of it all, and that yeah. you're not here to get anything you need, you're here to breathe love or breathe the expression of you into your reality as the most authentic possible form of you that can be that can be displayed. Yeah. yeah. And when you do that, everything just happens. Everything for you. just happens. And, and it does see, it can seem from the outside like magic, but if you just look at the actions you're taking and who you're being, it's just whatever happens to you is going to be a logical outcome of the fact that you acted boldly. You didn't hesitate. You owned yourself. You said yes when you, you know, when you meant yes. You said no when you meant no. You said about it, whatever it is. Right. You were something consistently. And it seems to other people that magic happened. How did right. you get so lucky? Right. How did you manifest this? This is like, yeah. well, I'm just being this and I have been being this. And the world yeah. is responding appropriately. Yes. The same is true when you're acting like a victim. When you are acting unworthy, you can see people now who are getting what they're getting because of they're just not paying attention to the authentic version of them. They're pretending they're not anything. And so they're getting into terrible relationships and alcohol problems and DUIs. And I mean, this is my life pre all of this. Mm -hmm. We were all successful. We're all in this group of friends who are making tons of money. We were all dissatisfied. We used to talk about what can we do to, there's no satisfaction in our lives. And every one of them was in a lawsuit, a divorce, a DUI, rehab, something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you try and you try and tell that to the young people today that money isn't the answer. They won't believe you. It really is. People just don't yeah. get it. And I didn't believe it until it happened to me. It's right. like, hey, guess what? This isn't the stuff, isn't the juice at yeah. all. Yeah. Because I found myself with the stuff, but I still couldn't be who I wanted to be. So where's the joy?
there's so many examples of this too. So many people who are successful and shit's just happening to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, but we, we pick see? and choose. Yeah. From the outside in, though, people like to just choose and go, oh, I'd love to have that life, but you're right. not looking at the rest of it no. or, or any of it. And yeah. and so it, it really is so. And 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 I, I want to hesitate. I mean, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want people listening to this conversation to think that we're saying that you're not going to get stuff like, you know, cars and all that stuff, just because we're saying that's it, it's, it's sometimes a, um, not the, the appropriate motivator for people at all times that abundance is, is a, you know, it just, it's, it's the reciprocation that comes when you allow it as a result of the value you're putting out into the world. It's just you know, a side effect. Yeah. It is a side effect of who you're being provided. You allow it right. provided you are open to receive the abundance and you don't get in your head about, well, do I deserve this? Right. Sure. You know, that, that'll always, the debt will always be there. You'll find yourself with a bunch of money and you go, well, should I really buy that Porsche? It's like, why not? Don't you deserve it? Of course you do. Right. But what are you buying it for? Are you buying it for the thrill and adventure or for what people will think when you're driving down the road? Oh, yeah. Well, that I'll tell you, that was never I never had a thing about what other people would think with I, when I purchased. But when but, you know, when I first got a lot of money and I wasn't quite wired for it yet, you know, I did all the stupid stuff. Yeah. You too. know, just bought stuff because I could. Yeah. And I didn't didn't really think it through or anything. It was just like that kid. And, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot during that time. And it's one of these lessons that I, I now talk about people who, especially like when they're about winning the lottery, like my next book is going to be called Stop Asking Me About the Lottery. <laughs> be, well, because it's, it, it's one of those goofy law of attraction conversations. Yeah. Because, because here's my position on that. It's like, if you're asking about winning the lottery, you want some big, huge win. I'll bet you a hundred million dollars that you're not ready for that money. Right. You are not, you are, you have not become the person who can receive that money. You haven't figured out what you're going to do with those assets. How are you going to, how are you going to make this last the rest of your life? Blah, blah, blah. You think that a million dollars is going to set you up, but you are right. not prepared to do that. And, and the thing is that when I get those questions in a DM on Instagram, I'm not going to type all that, you know, it's just like, it's, it's just a flawed question. Right. It, it's like you, if anybody asks me those types of law of attraction questions, it's clear they're not watching my channel. It's also <laughs> though, this fundamental perception that people have that if something good happens to me, like the lottery, then I'll feel happy. But yeah. what's going to happen is you'll, if you win the lottery, it's going to take you on a deeper dive of dissatisfaction. It's going to be um, um, more of a reflection of the inadequacy of your life and the unworthiness that you feel, because what's going to happen is people are going to come out of the woodwork. You're going to give it away. They're not going to appreciate it. And in a year, like, which is, a study was done and the majority of people lost a million dollars in the first year. Yeah. And you're going to feel was, like more of a failure at the end of all that. Yeah. That was when I first started this, like in 2002, that was like the, the, the stat that was just ongoing. It's like most people, it was all about wealth consciousness before I was even used the term law of attraction. It was about wealth consciousness and that whole example of people just losing everything after they win the lottery. And they they would swear to you, no, all I need is that win. And I'm like, okay, yep, you yep. know. So that comes down to the thing that what you're receiving is reflective of who you're being. Absolutely. And if you could just be who you want to be and then watch and then just allow whatever comes, say, I don't need this to come. If it comes, it'll be a reflection of who I'm being. And if it doesn't come, it won't. It's, it's not necessary for it to be here. Yeah, and it doesn't mean 
anything about okay. the value of you or anything like that. And, but that's a huge breakthrough for people. They just don't, but that comes from that power of just like, I like that when the joy of life just comes from being who you are and, and the journey with all of its feedback that some people would call failures, the ups and the downs, the whole thing, it's a ride as Bill Hicks, the comedian used to say, yeah. you know, just, just, just take it for the ride. And, and, and yeah, you're going to have those moments where you just feel like, you know, a little, little beat up, but it's just like, avoid the temptation of this mass wiring to make that mean all kinds of stuff like that. You're not supposed to, the universe doesn't want it for you, which is boy, that one just really just sends me right off. It's like, really the universe doesn't want you to have the thing right. you're passionate about. Of course, Bill Hicks, by the way, I just recently realized this guy was way ahead of his time. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. God. He's got so many unbelievable quotes. And I know, I know <laughs> he, he was a fun discussion. Somebody turned me on to him years and years ago. I think even before he passed. Yeah. And I was like, man, he's saying some stuff. And he was young but, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he died at 33. Yeah. Incredible. Um, what is your favorite thing to do now then? Play the ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't hesitate for a second. Are you good at that? Yeah. Uh, I picked it up in 2010 uh -huh. and um, I was always a keyboard player and in some guitar and I was actually ramping up to get, okay, I'm going to do guitar. I've been messing around since eight years old. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then uh, on a whim, we got a uke and I was like, oh no, I think this is my future. And so, and then the past, I don't know, the past five years, I said, no, I'm going to, I'm really going to get serious about this. So I, I practice the uke easily 90 minutes a day, sometimes more. It's my very favorite thing to do. It is my absolute meditation, get into the flow, like let go and just let it go. I mean, that, that was the, like the biggest thing for me was like to get out of my head about playing and just let my musical knowledge, instead of thinking about where do I put my fingers, just let it flow. And I think I've got my 10,000 hours in, you know, and when you hit that 10,000 hours, there's something kind of magical. Like there's that moment where I'm not even doing this. Yeah. That, that, and it's not, I don't strum. I'm like finger picking and doing melodies and stuff like that. I'm trying to be really musical about it. So it, 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 and it's portable and it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's not intimidating. And I don't know. And, and I, somebody made me a custom one uh, that I got right last year. And it just is beautiful. It has this nice jazzy tone. It's got my freaking show logo in it. You know, it's, so that's, there you go. My favorite thing. Right. You. So <clears throat> here you are. You're in alignment. You receive this inspiration to play the ukulele. You are fascinated by it. It's passion. It's your favorite thing to do. It's absolutely authentic. Mm -hmm. Other people may or may not see that as a good idea or a good passion, right? Right. You don't care. And what have you learned by doing that? What I've learned, and this is, I'm so glad you asked that, because for years I kept thinking, I should be doing something with this. I need to be performing. I need to be like, I'm wasting my time. Right. Like I, why, why, like I got this fear. I don't want to, cause I used to do open mics back in 2000 when I first learned, I got over that fear and I was playing, I was singing and I cringe when I listen now, but you know, I was doing it, but then I just kept beating myself up for not going live more and sharing it. And then I realized one day, wh what am I trying to prove? I do this because I love the feeling of doing it. I love how it sounds. And if I, if I really feel inspired to share it, then great hit go live, but don't beat yourself up because you're not doing it. That's not my stated career objective. There's no, it's not money that I'm losing by, you know, it's just like, just let myself off the hook. But I had this idea that if you do, if you play music, you better perform it or you're, you're, you know, you're, what's the word you're, 
you're, you're robbing the world of your whatever. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it may very well happen that one day I just go, I am ready. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I'm ready. Like I do have this thing in my, in the back of my head. I'd love to get a little ensemble together, like get a yeah. percussionist, get a guitar player, get a, a vocalist and just have a little four piece, you know, well, a uke centric thing. But what you've discovered in a profound way is the flow. Yes. Oh, you know, how, yes. would you, how else would you discover that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and it is it is that is the um, probably the biggest flow state I get into is when I'm playing and I lose myself. Like yeah. afterwards, sometimes I'm telling you, I have to like stop, and my body is like vibrating, right. and because it's just you're like, not playing it; it's being played through you. Exactly, and, and I have to almost like break this. I have to sort of break this spell. Yeah, you're a and, conduit of this force of energy coming through you to create amazing things. And what but happens what is society thinks is amazing, right? Amazing that's right. from it's, you. For me, it gives me that feeling. But whenever I think, even think, like I can be sitting there thinking about going live and my fingers lock up and uh -huh. I miss the notes right. and it just, it's a brain dump. It's <laughs> like, it's like that whole thing about what do people, like there's so much in my life that I don't care what people think anymore. Yeah. Like I'm so over it, but there are those, there are those aspects where I just, I don't need to be perfect, but I don't want to screw up something I know I can do because I do it 50 million times. And then right. I go live and I sound like I'm a beginner. That makes me crazy. <laughs> I'm like, why am I torturing myself? What do I, do I need the likes? What, what is, right. what is this, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. so this is, this is, you know, we're coming back to this idea of passion and interest. Mm -hmm. You find your passion, but so many people say, well, it's not going to lead to what I want. It's not going to lead to thing. No, no, it's going to lead to this flow state. And when you understand that flow state, you can create everything from that because all creations come from that flow state. When I wrote the first book, it was half an hour a day for eight weeks, right? And that's a 300 page book. The day after that was com completed, another half an hour a day for eight weeks, another book. It was the absolute flow state. When I channel, it's the absolute flow state and all these, yeah amazing creations come from that state. And so finding your passion is all about possibly learning that flow state. And it may take a while to get there, but when you're really getting your, your part of your brain off of there and just being in the moment in that state, that that's where all this magic can happen. Yeah. So that gets me there and the breath work gets me there. Breath work Somet too. Yeah. So, um, Sometimes playing video games, certain types oh, of video yeah. games will, will get me into it just a real nice zone too. So, but, but a lot of it is about completely, well, I think it's going to be all 100% of it is about detaching from this, this ego mind ego, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I learned in breath work. Um, we did our first breath work uh, a year ago at a retreat here. And Genevieve Solomon, who's a specialist in this, came down and she led this group. And we're just right in the middle of COVID, by the way. So we're, we have an outdoor building here where we do a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. It's an old window greenhouse. And we're lined up next to each other on a row. She's got this great music blaring. And you have blindfold on. And you are breathing in this cyndical fashion yep. for an hour, right? Yeah, that's, that's going to be <sighs> Right? And the whole I can already, two minutes are like your ego going, you can't do this for an hour. You're going to start coughing. People are breathing all over you. This is ridiculous. That ego just go and go and go. You're like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then it's gone, right? And yeah. then you get taken on this DMT kind of experience. It's subtle and mild, but totally 
pleasurable awesome. and awesome and taken to to all kinds of ideas where you're consciously aware and you can you can receive the ideas and they're amazing and your body does stuff too you know yes i'm learning all the, all the science of it is amazing the health benefits are amazing and i just it's like i have been so i've been doing, the, doing this work for 20 years and this is the only thing i've cared about getting certified in so i mean it, it's i'm adding so i'm going down the whole instructor path with this particular protocol because i can't like know what this does and then not integrate it into rewiring work. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's such a powerful, it's going to be such a powerful tool for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the DMT is naturally occurring in our lungs and I think this activates it, but in a way where you can turn it off if you want to, you know? Yeah. That's the beauty. It's freaking free. You it's can free. do it yourself. Yeah. And those 60 to 90 minute journeys are, they rival just about anything you can do out there. I, I totally mean, agree. Yeah. And you feel amazing. My body vibrates for yeah. Oh, yeah. hours afterwards. Just like tingles. my hands raise up and yes, I see clearly. I see colors differently. I'm more aware. It's amazing. I'm, I'm in the state of love. It's incredible. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. I can't say enough about it. We could just go on and on about breathing, but I mean, it's, you know, but, but really thought? to have that awakening that this is like, wow, this has been available really my whole entire life. Right. You know, and and the things that I've done to alter my state or to de-stress that I could have just done this. Yeah. I could have taken two minutes and gone into intermittent hypoxia or whatever, cleared yeah. my brain and just felt amazing and had all sorts of different options, you know, all this time. So that's why I'm so excited about you know, teaching that too. Cause again, just like the neuroplasticity, there's, it's just all science. I mean, yes, there's a whole mystical background, there's the tradition, there's all of the mystical states. But there's so much, like you said, that's going on that you can point at what's going on in your blood and, and the science and the stem cells and the whole thing. It's like, this is a real, this is real yeah. and it's freaking awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And no one thinks it's real. Until you they know. do it. Until they do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I think, and my, my story on that is I got a, I had a healing session from someone. He was an yeah. energy healer. Yeah. I didn't know anything about breath work and he just kept having me breathe the whole time. I didn't think twice about it. All I knew is I was buzzing and my hands were raising. I'm going, this guy is a miracle worker. He's doing this voodoo on me. Right. And it wasn't until I did breath. I think I just, I think I tried Wim Hof and I really, oh, it's the same. I see. This is yeah. what happens when you breathe like this. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so tell everyone where they can find you. Well, I, the best, I think, I mean, I'm all over the place. I'm super easy to find on Facebook and YouTube and all that. Not I mean, if you type in like, Robert Doyle. Don't do that. No, well, don't do that because <laughs> nobody calls me that. The DMV calls me that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but I, I, you know, we were talking before about the, the quiz, the transformation personality type quiz. And I think that's probably the best introduction to me because you really get an idea of where I'm coming from on this, my whole philosophy, why I think that's important. You'll also, you'll get your result and hopefully it will be helpful for you. And they can just go to tptquiz.com. And it takes like 60 seconds, but it's it's mind-bogglingly accurate. But it's just, it's based on some pretty simple data. But But people who take it go, oh yeah, that's me. And it is helpful. TPTquiz.com. No, TPT, that's in yeah. transformation personality type. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. TPTquiz.com. Great. I'm going to yeah. do that right away. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been really fun. Well, it was my pleasure completely. I love talking about this stuff. When we come to Vegas next time, I'll look you up. Maybe Please we'll do. do. We, love, we love entertaining. We just moved into this place in March. And up until recently, we were doing Wednesday open houses. We were having new people in all the time, just like this, but it got a little burdensome. And, but then the, the kicker is Tracy and I have a Tracy too. Ah, amazing. Um, 
but we we both just got COVID. She she's on the end of it, and um, and I'm either you know, ramping up to something hideous, or I'm just going to have a nice mild case. Cause I'm like four or five days in my fever hasn't gotten past like 99.1. We're obviously having this conversation. I've got fine energy. It just kind of comes and goes, but we finally got tapped on the shoulder. <laughs> we had it too. And it lasted three days, uh, headache, body ache, little fever, a little tired. We still worked and everything and it was gone. Yeah. And she had, she could not work. She was yeah. out. She, her fever was bad. She major headaches, major body aches. She was just, you know, just like yeah. you hear about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tracy actually was on the couch too the whole time. Yeah. So this is Tracy's. They just yeah. can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Good. Well, also we're in North Carolina near Charlotte. If you are in this area, come see us. If I we'll ever keep get in back contact. There. Yeah. Perfect. So, thanks so All much. Right. All right. See you later. Bye. All right, bye. Okay, thanks so much for being here. That was an awesome conversation with Bob Doyle. If you'd like to find out more about Bob, visit tptquiz.com. And if you'd like to find out more information about Joshua, visit theteachingsofjoshua.com. And of course, listen to our other podcast, which is Joshua Live. Uh, if you like, we have a Facebook group, Friends of Joshua. And thanks again so much for being here. And we'll see you later next time. Bye.